Friday night, Christy and I head down to UMass University Hospital to visit with Dan and Melinda Kuchner and see their newborn baby boy, uh, Ezra, beautiful little guy. So grateful for what God has done. Yeah, yeah. But I, um, I leaned over. I don't know if that's the pick, but, uh, you know, I leaned over gently and I just, you know, whispered in his ear, go Yankees, right? And, and he kind of like looked at me and he snarled. He had like, you know, had like, like this, like, not a happy look on his face. You know, I guess it's in their genes, right? You know, but I want to thank all of you for your prayers for Dan and Melinda. Uh, it's, you know, they've been hoping for this child for several years and we just share in, in their joy and their family's joy and we thank God for what he's done. Now, when we were up there and we were chatting with Dan, he said to me, he said, wow, you know, you know, Ezra was born, you know, yesterday, uh, and he said, you know, in like the 24 to 48 hour window that Ezra was born, right here in this kind of maternity ward, if you will, 34 babies were born in that short period. That's like, whoa. And so I'm a thinker, as you know, and I'm thinking, okay, so that statistic, that fact kind of supports a theory I have, you know? And of course, using my sophisticated method of calculations, my fingers, I, I then baby started counting from the midsummer, from the summer months, you know, gestation nine to 10 months, okay? And I counted, and where do I land? I landed right around when all these babies were born. So I see this connection between babies being born in the summer and now these, you know, babies being more, a lot, 34, a bunch of babies being born. And, and some of those babies were planned and some of them weren't, right, you know? Meaning, you know, you got some of that summer loving going on, right, you know? Meaning, you know, where perhaps, you know, it, how would you say it? Uh, as m what I'm kind of proposing here, my theory is that when it comes to human behavior, especially in New England, there tends to be, uh, maybe when it comes to those summer months, uh, a pattern of behavior where a person doesn't put a lot of thought into making decisions. How is that? Did it come out okay, <laughs> right? We kind of tend to kind of like, you know, toss off restrictions and routines and safeguards, and we're a little bit more fl flexible and free in those summer months, right? We take vacations from a lot of things, and maybe, you know, making good decisions is one of those things that we take a vacation from during the summer months, right? We might do that when it comes to money. We might do it when it comes to marriage, relationships, uh, all different areas of our life. And with this in mind, we are kicking off a series today called Wisdom That Works. And we're hoping that this series will give you some wisdom for the coming summer months, as well as the rest of your life, right? <laughs> and in this series, we're going to be looking into the book of Proverbs, and because in Proverbs is where we get wisdom, huh? We can get wisdom for every area of our life, critical areas of our lives, Proverbs is a great book. It's a book filled with truth, and it's a book that was designed to make you and I wiser. Now, there's no one in here. I don't usually say something so definitively, but there's no one in here that could not benefit from being a bit wiser and maybe even smarter. How many of you have made a choice in life, one that you look back on and say, you know what, I would, that, maybe that wasn't the smartest thing to do. I'll show you. Maybe that wasn't the wisest thing to do. If I could go back, I, I, I'd make a different decision. Huh? How many of you thinking, the person sitting next to me, that's who I'm thinking of, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So, Proverbs was written by a, a king, King Solomon, for the purpose 
of helping his son navigate life in the most successful way, right? He wanted his son to live well, to honor God, to hold to his values. When Christy was pregnant with our children, I would read Proverbs to my children through her belly. I'd literally put my lips onto her belly and I'd read Proverbs to her. She'd squirm sometimes and I just wanted my children to have wisdom, you know, the wisdom of God. Wisdom that comes from knowing God, God's truth. You, you might hear Proverbs a lot out there, you know. We were tossing up some up on the screen. You probably didn't realize those all come from the book of Proverbs, you know. I don't know if they put up there, all oh, that glitter isn't gold. Proverbs, right? Don't cry over spilled milk. Proverbs, all, all coming from the book of Proverbs. 31 chapters. You could turn around and take one month, 30 days, 31 days, and read each day a chapter from the book of Proverbs, and you'll be a wiser person for it at the end of the month. Of course, you're reading it as you're spending time talking to God and taking in God, speaking back to you through the whole process, huh? Now, the book of Proverbs was written so that people could make better decisions, right? It talks about faith, how to make better decisions in faith, in family, marriages, finances, work, and this is important, extraordinarily important, because you can love someone and you could do a lot to harm them because you're making bad decisions. So I'm going I'm to repeat that statement again. You can love someone, but you're causing harm to them because you're making poor decisions, right? So if I didn't have your attention, I hope I do now. This is a critical subject. It's the most meaningful subject. And if you, would, if you get this today, if you embrace it, it's going to change your life. So I wonder when Solomon wrote Proverbs, if he knew that when we make decisions in life, right, we have this, it's it kind of a pattern, if you will, flow. We make decisions, huh? Those decisions eventually become our direction. Then we have direction. And if you continue in a particular direction in life, that direction will eventually become your destiny. Huh? Solomon perhaps lived long enough to realize this consequential path of making decisions, right? He wanted his son to understand the same. You're going to make a decision. That decision is going to become a direction. You stay in that direction long enough, it's going to become a destiny for you. But he wanted his son to have a better life. So he speaks these words of wisdom to him. The theme of the book of Proverbs could be, my application is found in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. It says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, right? Though it costs all you have, get understanding, huh? Did you get that? Get wisdom. Pretty cut, pretty dry, whatever it costs you, get it. Solomon is saying to his son, listen, I love you. You're my son. I want you to have the best life possible. Here's what you need to do. Get wisdom. Solomon, wealthiest man, perhaps that person that's ever walked the face of the earth. Here's what you need to do. Get wisdom. Now, the reason why the book of Proverbs is in the Bible is because God inspired Solomon to write it because of God's love for you, because of his fatherly love for you, his child, his children. God wants us, me and you, to get wisdom so that we can make better decisions in our life. When we parent, 
We have to handle our finances. We have to handle finances in a marriage. We have to make decisions in relationships that we can make these decisions in a God-honoring, God-glorifying way. In a way that's going to draw us closer to each other in relationships and draw us closer to God. More unity, less fragmentation. More clarity, less chaos. More celebration, less regrets. So I want to introduce you today. I want to toss out a process, <clears throat> you know, to help you kind of get wisdom, if you will. It's a pragmatic process. So I want you to, when you're trying to gain wisdom or you're trying to, you know, put this formula in there to help you kind of get on a track of focusing on getting wisdom, ask yourself these three questions, and it should help you do that. First, when making a decision, ask yourself, what is true? Next, why is it true? Third, what do I do? What is true? Why is it true? What do I do? This process will help you move forward in a way where you're moving towards gaining and applying wisdom. It's a process we all could do. Yet, many of us don't run through a process similar to this, this one at all, right? When it comes to making decisions and some very critical decisions in our lives, most of us turn to less reliable sources, right? Sources like our feelings, huh? That's usually the first stop. How do I feel about this, her, him, this, that, right? Well, people rely on opinions, usually their own opinion. And they usually their opinion will validate, you know, their feelings, right? Hey, stop and think about that. It's a critical decision i got to make in my life right now, and I'm going to make it from how I'm feeling right now. Huh? And I feel angry, or I feel sad, or I feel afraid. And, so, so, and how does that work? We what? We make a decision, and what does that decision do? It determines our what? Our, our, di our direction, which will determine our destination. So I'm going to make a decision right now from my anger, my sadness, my fear, my anxiety, my depression, I'm going to make a decision from there, and that's going to set me off in a direction. It does. You go in a direction, and you go, if you continue in that direction, which, and that's, the, well, how do I know if I'm feeling right? Well, let me check my opinion. My opinion says I'm right. Okay, well, now let me keep going in this direction, and then, yes, you be, it becomes your destiny. Sometimes your identity, huh? then other people turn to things, aside from feelings and opinions, they turn to wants. I want this. Right? I want this. This is a deep want for me, and so I'm going to, I'm going to base my decision and my direction and my destiny on what I want. Feelings, opinions, and wants. Huh? So it, let's, a, a quick example is when it comes to eating, there are certain foods that are good for our health, certain foods that aren't. That certainly is adaptable to certain people, you know, different people. But, but by and large, there are certain foods that just for all of us are more healthy than others. And, and so you try and eat those foods that are better than not. And if you do so, it's going to put you in a better direction for health. If you consume, especially excessively, certain foods that are not good for you, it's going to set you in the opposite direction, a direction of poor health, right? And... And, and this makes sense to us, but we find ourselves struggling in these kind of temp moments of temptation, right? 
Uh, yesterday, I uh, went with the, uh, some of my family. Uh, my daughter had a basketball game up in Keene at the college there. And uh, we went, you know, in between the games, we went to go grab something at a place to eat. And they had, I love bagels. It's just really not a good thing for me. Um, but we, they had bagels. But then more than bagels, I love cinnamon rolls. And there they had these cinnamon rolls on display. And I'm like, I'm in like, I'm in a delight here. I got bagels to the left and cinnamon rolls to the right. So I grabbed the bagel, but I, I don't go after the cinnamon roll. But I sit back down with Christy, and I'm sitting there, and she's like, well, y y what's wrong? And I'm like, they have cinnamon rolls, you know? I'm like pounding. I'm like struggling. I'm fighting. I want my cinnamon roll, huh? But I didn't take the cinnamon roll. But that's because actually I took a cinnamon roll on Monday after I, I celebrated my Spartan race by going out with my son, Jason, and I got a big cinnamon roll on Monday. But that's another story. <laughs> so now, but if I take the cinnamon roll and I, keep, I make the decision to keep you know, you know, having that cinnamon roll, because, you know, I mean, I ran the Spartan race, and it's only a week away, so why can't I have another cinnamon roll, you know? And, and I want the cinnamon roll, you know? And, and you know what, I'm, I'm just, come on, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired, I'm feeling a little, you know, sluggish, and they don't have anything to eat in this gymnasium, so, you know, I gotta eat something, right? I can just, you know, feelings, opinions, blah, 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 I'm gonna have my cinnamon roll, and I'm gonna have another cinnamon roll, and I'm gonna have another cinnamon roll, you know? And since I already had three cinnamon rolls, what's one more cinnamon roll tomorrow, right? And all that way of making decisions that way, huh? it's going to bring me into a direction and it's going to land me in a certain place, and a place that no one really wants to be, which is where? The gym, right? I mean, who wants to go to the gym? Nobody wants to go to the gym. I know people get dressed up. They're no, who wants to be in the gym? Nobody wants to be in the gym. Listen, what is true about parenting, about finances, this question provides knowledge, helps you dig out and mine knowledge. Why is it true? Why are some marriages better than others? Why do some people manage their finances better than others? This question, why is it true, is going to give you insight. What do I do? Hmm? Meaning, what decision do I have to make? What decision am I going to make? Now we start moving towards the gaining of wisdom, right? And let's just try and, I'm going to try and lay this out quickly for you, an example, and then I'm going to really try and dig down a little more specific into different groups. So what is true? Okay, you need to get wisdom. Why is it true? Because we are prone to listening to our feelings, our opinions, and our wants, all of us. So we need wisdom to make a better decision. Critical areas of our lives, critical juncture, we need wisdom. So now what are we going to do? Right? What are we going to do now? Well, I want to speak to that younger group, if you will. So those who are sort of meaning you're engaged in life, it's happening, you're moving forward, though, and you're, you're having to make decisions, but a lot of those decisions, those critical, the most cri critical, the juggernaut decisions of life, maybe they haven't been made. A good amount of them are yet to come on you. But wouldn't it be better if you're primed and prepped walking into it, huh? So that first group, those, I'll call them younger people, the word I have for you when it comes to wisdom is think press. Think press. Press into the teachings of God. Press into the teachings of the Bible. Press into truths, godly truths. This is a great time to practice this. You're in the thick of it right now. You have these critical decisions to make. Do not take your future. Do not take all that you are 
and make decisions from your feelings, from your opinions, and from your wants. What is true? Why is it true? What do I do? I was telling someone this week, and I've told you before, that when I came to faith, I was 28 years old. So, you know, kind of coming to the latter part of this group here. And I made that decision now to trust in Jesus and to follow Jesus. And right after that, I knew that for me to sustain this, see, I didn't trust myself. I knew I was a guy with a ton of feelings, and a lot of them were not good. Dangerous, destructive feelings. So I didn't trust that. And I knew that I was pretty quick of wit and mind that I could even convince myself, push comes to shove, to turn around and, and, you know, to justify, I just, I just, well, I just, to go and dip and dab and do things that I knew would be inconsistent with this Christian thing. I didn't necessarily think they were terrible. I just knew it didn't match. It wasn't a good mix, right? Had tried this before, and it didn't work well. And I really wanted to dwell on and focus on and give this Christian thing and this Jesus all I had because I believed from my experience in life that there was something greater there for me. Hmm? And so I began to do all I could to absorb the teachings of the Bible. I say I drive an hour to sit there with older ladies. This past year, it's coming to me so much. And I, because I, I'm just like, whoa, as I see Justin getting older, I'm like, yeah, I, I drive like 20 years old. I drive an hour to sit there and just do a, 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 a group. We call them life groups with, with, with older ladies, 50 to 70 years old. I'd, I'd read whatever I could. I'd pick up the Bible, <coughs> excuse me, and I'd start reading. I mean, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I, I don't understand that. Well, that does, uh, what the heck is that, you know? And then I'd get to like some, like, oh, I get that, you know? And it'd be, like I said, Philippians is awesome. You know, oh, I press on to what God has taken a hold of me for. I leave the past behind, move forward. God, God, I can do all things through God who gives me strength. Ah, I'm getting some of this. Anything I could do to learn more about God, that I could nurture and build up, my faith and my belief in this direction that I was going when it came to God and not to bring the past into my wonderful present that was happening. Do you hear me? Some say the Bible is old and irrelevant. I say the Bible is old and proven over time. You hear me? The Bible, without question, no piece of literature, no way of living has been proven more over time than the Scriptures. It's a best-selling book every single year, every single year, and the best-selling book of all time. It's true. Now, so, press in, go and get wisdom. You know? I know there's a song that says, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. I say that makes for some good words in a song, but it doesn't make for a good and a healthy and a, and a life. It doesn't, all right? It was one of my favorite. I think it was that, and it was... My mother always told me not to look into the eyes of the sun, but mama, that's where the fun is. And I think that was like number one for me, and this is number two. Yeah, it doesn't work well in life. Hmm? Live from wisdom. Make decisions right now, the ones that are coming on you with wisdom. Now, here's what's happened, what I think is happening in, in your younger generation. And, and by the way, your generation is a product of my generation. I was a product of the other generation. So we take some, and then, we, and then something new is added to it. Now, one of the things I think that you adopted from my generation, if you will, was that making a poor decision is kind of acceptable. It's like, well, hey, it's just life. So you make a, you make a poor decision, 
and, and things happen from that poor decision. It's like, hey, it's just life. Look, what are you going to do? It happens. Oh, they're this age, they're that age. It's just, yeah, what are you going to do? So it becomes kind of like acceptable. And, and, <clears throat> and then what happens is making bad decisions then becomes normal. It's like normal to make a bad decision. You don't really, it's just, yeah, it's, everybody does it, right? But I want to tell you that that doesn't have to be your life. That doesn't have to be your normal. It's not what God intended for you. God intended for you to be wise. That's why Proverbs is here, amongst a, a ton of, a plethora of other good information in Scripture. But right here laid out, applied to your marriage, your finances, your dating life. Yeah, your dating life. All here in Proverbs, that you would have godly wisdom, so you'd make, a, when you're going to make a decision, you go in a good direction, you'd have a better destiny, a destiny of a, a, a better marriage, a destiny of a better occupation, a destiny of a whole and strong you. Press in and get wisdom. Now, that's my generation of its kind of normal. Your generation, I think it's taken it now, it's added. It's, it, there's always that add. And what's the add? Current generation, it's not just normal now, making bad decisions and the consequences negative that come from those decisions, it's applauded, it's celebrated. And I see it over and over again. Like people, actors coming out and, and like celebrating and like with a badge of honor, I, I made this decision and this was a result of it and I did this and, and I'm proud of it. And, it, and people are so, I'm like, whoa, you got to crazy. Like, there's no way. That's not what you want to be proud of. That's not what you want to be celebrating. I don't care if you even put the God stuff aside. I mean, if we just have one starting part of what is decent, of what is good, of, of what works for our emotional well-being, this is not to be celebrated. No way. Don't embrace that part of your co-generation and your culture. Don't do that. Don't celebrate bad decisions. Don't think this is honorable and good that these negative consequences will come into your life. And actually, I think the whole point about it is by celebrating the bad decisions, then we don't actually see those as negative consequences. But they are. They are negative consequences. And you will live with them, and the people you love have to live with them. No, instead, press in to the teachings of God, to your faith, and get wisdom, huh? Get wisdom. So, press into God's truth. Press in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before you make decisions in critical areas of your life, turn to these questions. What is true? Before you move in this direction of relationship, what is true? before you pursue a certain way of life, before you pursue a certain way of being, what is true? Why is it true? What do I do? Now a word for the second group of people I want to talk to. These are people that have kind of moved ahead in life a bit. Maybe they've had kids, marriages, they've, you know, maybe a little bit on in their trade or their career, right? And I would say, I would say I'm in this group. How do you know you're in this group? Well, you know you're in this group if at least once a week somebody tells you you look tired. You know you're in this group, right? <laughs> yeah. Meaning, and why? Because life is fast, isn't it? It just gets faster and faster, huh? 
kids, car payments, mortgages. It just doesn't stop. So Christy and I, when we were, when Christy was holding Ezra and on the way home, you know, we went to go out to eat, we're talking, and it's just like, how'd that go? I mean, I remember as we were walking out of the hospital, I'm like, man, it just was like yesterday I was holding Justin, you know? 19 years, bam! It just gets fit with every kid, with every responsibility, with every advancement, promotion. It just gets faster and faster. So the word I have for you is pause. Pause. The, the, the word of wisdom I have for you is to pause. And you want to pause because things are going so fast that you can tend to make a bad decision and not even realize it. You're vulnerable to making bad decisions because things are so hectic and so fast-paced. You can, you, can be, you can go a different way. You can parent out of wisdom and not out of feelings. When things are getting fast, you, you, you will tend to parent from your feeling and not wisdom, but not today. Today you say, I'm going to pause and parent out of wisdom. You can make decisions in your marriage out of wisdom and not feelings, but when things are so fast and pop, 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 we tend to make decisions from our feelings, huh? our emotions, and those are not usually good and productive and effective decisions and lead us to a direction and then in a destiny in our relationships that, man, how do we get here? We can't even find our way back to start, huh? So you need to build into your fast-paced life, your nonstop rhythm, a pause. Chris and I go out, we go out a lot. It's something I look forward to a lot. I've told you it's kind of therapeutic to me. I'm going to go out with Chris. We're going to talk. Now, when we do this, we'll go out, maybe do a concert. You know, you know we went to Fleetwood Mac and Queen. You know, you know, I know some of them are dead, but they have these tribute bands. And, um, or we'll go out to eat or we'll go to a movie, you know. And we go to maybe a Christian concert too. You know, we'll go check them out, sometimes with the kids. But often, I'm talking about when it's just her and I. Now, when we do all that, it's all fun. But in every single one of those kind of dates, if you will, we carve out time to pause. We might not apply this terminology to it, but this is what we're doing. We're pausing and we're reflecting in, about what's going on in our lives. Our children's lives, sometimes we talk about individuals and in our church and what's happening in their lives uh, and, and in our relationship. And, and we're just reviewing it and talking about it. And all this is helping us to make better decisions, right? And, and, and also the sum of what we're talking, when I really thought about it, the sum of everything we're talking about, meaning the process is, what is true? Why is it true? What do we do, right? That's what we're doing over and over again in this child's life, in that child's life, in our relationship. What is true? Why is it true? Like, okay, what's the problem? How do we know this is the problem? Okay, now what do we do? And then we're applying our faith. And we're pausing. Get wisdom. Go and get wisdom. Make a better decision. Matter of fact, this past Friday, after we went to the hospital, then we were in Whistler, so we went and had a, a, a you know, we went and had something to eat. We had a really nice time chatting, talking, and we were kind of doing some of this pausing and talking, and it was a great night. So we're on the way home, and we're about halfway home. We're on 140, about 15 minutes from the house, and Chrissy's like, she goes, you know, I've, I've been carrying a few things, and I, I just need to talk to you about these things. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, uh-oh. Because I'm thinking, okay, if it was one thing, it might be the kids. But if there's three things, I, I'm on the hook somewhere in those three things, right? I own, I own one of these three things. So she went to one, she went to two, 
I got it on three. Three was me, baby, right? <laughs> but the good thing was, is again, all that talking at dinner, here and there, kind of cultivated things, and, and, and the productive good talking, right? And, 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 and all in the content of wisdom kind of creates a safe, productive place, which is cool. You know good is coming from it. And then she shared with me what was, you know, what was kind of, what she was carrying, maybe what was concerning or bothering. And, and for 15 minutes, we had a very good, healthy, productive conversation on this, right? And so now, there was something that was on the table that, <coughs> that I understood her better. She had a better understanding of me. As a husband, I was in a better place now to serve my wife and to be, uh, and to be understanding of her as well and serve her. Uh, this is so much better than just basically tolerating each other, huh? than acquiescing to each other, just to kind of give in to make it through the moment. Because that behavior in a marriage makes a marriage very tired, very weary, right? And, and, and what happens with that is when you're, just, when you're not pausing and carving out time to have and, and, and making decisions wise in how you interact and what you're going to do, you default to kind of acquiescing, giving in, or tolerating, or sometimes just, you know, rebelling. It's just a mess. And so now with that, how are you going to have good relationship in that? You don't. You're not going to have a good, healthy relationship there. And so your relationship is going to take a massive hit. And after the relationship takes so many hits, what's left? Well, well you know, your, your, your romance, your chemistry. And then that takes their hit. Actually, that, that's getting buried. And then you don't have much at all. You're in a very tired, weary, doldrum, not life-giving relationship. But it's not what God wanted. God didn't create the institution of marriage for you to have that. God says apply wisdom in your marriage and have this life-giving, supportive, wonderful, intimate, enjoyable marriage, right? So I kind of went off there for a bit. All right. So let's talk to the group that's in the last third of life. Right? Is that the right way to say it? Uh, those farther along in life, okay? Uh, now, for you, my friends, it would be easy to say, hey, I've seen it all. Been around, you know, this is my first rodeo. I've been around the block a few times, you know, I, and I've made all my critical decisions. Well, for you, the word is possible. And it comes as a warning and it comes as a hope. Here's the warning it is possible. To, that you've lived a good amount of your life, most of your life, and you've made good decisions. You've, you're heading in the right direction, or maybe you're la gonna land, or you've landed in a really wonderful destiny. And then you crash. You crash. You crash and you burn. You shipwreck. It is possible to do this. Now, not only have I seen older people do this, huh? But we know it could happen because of Solomon. Yes, the Solomon, who's the wealthiest person to ever walked the face of the earth. Solomon, the person who they attribute so much wisdom to as a king. Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, he did it. In a lot of part of his life, he wound up doing several things to no longer, you know, apply wisdom. He turned from his obedience to God. His, he turned from his dedication to God. He turned from making decisions in his life from his faith in God, you know, which is how you're running through the what is true? Why is it true? What do I do? As you're doing this, you're, you're leaning on your faith. You're implementing your faith. You're considering God, a love of God, a fear of God, a worship of God. Solomon departed from that. He, he drifted from it. We often don't make the decision to 
sever that, we gradually drift from that. And he began to lean more on his feelings and his opinions and his wants. How do we know that? Well, he had, 700, he had 300 wives and 700 concubines. That's a lot of want, right? It's a thousand women. He wound up going crazy. He did. I'm not saying he went crazy because he had a thousand women in his life. I'm just saying the guy went crazy. I wish I would have worded that better the first service. I didn't, so I, I fixed it the second service. Yeah, well, what happened was he, he began to turn around and create treaties with nations around him that God had instructed him not to do. He began to take in and have all these ungodly relationships with all these women. And in the midst of all of that, he began now again to then introduce and allow and even to facilitate the worshiping of other gods, of false gods, of pagan gods. That's how severe it gotten, it got. And so, hey, it's possible to crash. And in doing so, he, that, that destiny got marred. That legacy got tattered. And of course, there were consequences to that dear son that he was writing to to give him that wisdom, right? Sad ending to an incredible story. So you can crash, be on your God, right? Hold to wisdom. Don't stop growing in wisdom. Don't stop looking to gain wisdom, huh? Solomon still had critical decisions to make in life. And they were consequential decisions, obviously. Now, so finish strong. Now, for those same people who are in your, the latter part of life, that last third of life, if you will, possible is also a word of hope. You see, some of you are thinking, I wish I heard this message 10, 20, 30 years ago, right? Because I've made some poor decisions in my life. Huh? Look, I got to live with them, but there are roads I went down that I wish I would not have traveled, right? There, there are things I did, that I, decisions I made, I wish I could have changed. And for you, the word is possible. Possible. In fact, it's, it's for all of us, but I'm applying it to this latter part here. It's possible for you right now today to begin making good decisions. And if you make those good decisions, you're gonna go in a better direction, right? And therefore, you're gonna start creating greater destinies, huh? And those are destinies that God will do in your life more than you can imagine, more than you can measure, more than you can even hope for. It's possible because the Bible tells us that with God, all things are possible. The very day, the very moment you decide to start applying wisdom, to start making decisions from a place of wisdom, your life is going to get better. You need to believe that. And you can finish incredibly strong. You can have a great destiny. You need to know that. You see, part of that destiny, the great element of that is redemption. It's a beautiful consequence that comes from trusting in God and then leaning on him, pressing into him, pausing to consider him, and then realizing the incredible possibilities you have in him, meaning the hope Hope just floods your soul. And I threw all the good and the bad, and he does this. He did this for Dave Trelongo. He took my poor decisions and my good decisions, and he married them. And the result was something that I could never have imagined, could never have fathomed. And that's what he, that's redemption. And that's what he'll do for you is you begin to trust in him and make decisions from wisdom, not from your feelings, 
your emotions, your opinions. Proverbs says in 3, in 3 5, and 6, do not lean on your own understanding. It doesn't say that it's sinful. It says your understanding. Don't lean on just your feelings. Don't just lean on your opinions. Don't do that. Because you know what? They're going to seem pretty accurate. And maybe in context, they might to some extent be accurate. But it's not what God has. It's not God's plan. And it might not be honoring God. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Is that wisdom. Acknowledge him. Learn about him. Lean into him. And he will make your path straight meaning he's going to send you in the right direction. He's going to put you in the right trajectory, huh? And you're going to land with a greater destiny. Are you hearing me? So get wisdom today. All of us here today, let's get wisdom. Let's say to ourselves, where in my life do I need to press into my faith in God? Where? I'm going to do it today. Where in my life do I need to pause? What critical decision do I need to make that I need to pause where in my life right now do I need to say, man, it's possible. It's possible for me to crash and burn and get shipwrecked. Too complacent. And at the same time, it's possible for me to turn around and go in a new direction and establish a greater destiny. Huh? What is true? Why is it true? What do I do? Get wisdom to God be the glory.